Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. I didn't even touch. First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered. Now on Believe Podcast Network, we are so happy to partner Believe and be a part of their ever-growing network and you know the very popular network is that it has former NFL players, uh, actors, stars. You can catch them all on this network, and we signed a contract to finally you know be hosted on their network. We're still powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated because you know as you know, Ed is the editor and I am a contributor for the site. So obviously, Eagle Maven powers the show, but our show is now featured on Believe Podcast Network. We are so excited to partner with them uh, and. Really grateful for the opportunity. The only reason why we got there is because of all your reviews and listens. They were the they met the criteria that uh, Believe was working for, looking for uh, in a podcast. So thank you guys so much. You're the main reason why we are there, and we greatly appreciate it. But now it's finally time to get back into football season. You know we're excited. Uh, training camp is right on the heels. Starts this week for the Philadelphia Eagles. We're gonna get way more into our Eagles coverage. The podcast is going to come back with uh, almost daily content uh, weekly. You're going to see a lot of us now. You know, we're going to be back in the in, in the gist of it. So, uh, Ed, my co-host, Ed Krass here in the, in the house, you already know. Uh, that's the only way we can record if Ed's here. Ed, are you, we're excited, man. I mean, I know that there's so much un- uncertainty with training camp going on right now because we just talked about off-air that, I mean, you haven't even heard from the PR department about when – the media can get into the training camp or when they're going to get uh, your credentials to get in training camp. So uh, with Adam Schefter just putting out a, a tweet, and again, we're recording uh, today is Monday. The episode's going to air tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, he just put out a tweet that there's been positive tests for even vaccinated players and coaches. So uh, so much uncertainty again with coronavirus impacting an offseason and, and training camp for the second year in a row. But uh, regardless, it's going to start, Ed. So... Are we excited? You know, the Eagles finally answered the question of who's going to be cornerback too. They signed Steven Nelson. There's a lot to look forward to, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that was the uh, question since the draft came and went, and they only took a cornerback in the fourth round. I, it, the question was who's going to play opposite Darius Slay. Would it be Maddox again? Would Mike Jaquette step up? Um, you know, would that rookie fourth pick, Zach McPherson, be the guy? I mean, there was a lot of uncertainty at that cornerback two spot, and um, certainly Steven Nelson fills that void. I mean, uh, he, he's better than what they have. He's a veteran who has started over 60 games in the NFL. Um, I think it's a great signing. I think it comes at a good time. You know, like you said, we're sitting here Monday morning. Uh, the first practice is scheduled oh, for. Adam Schefter just announced that 
again, we're recording on Monday. This episode is on Tuesday. Frank Reich just tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Praise to Frank Reich, the former Eagles offensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl here. He's taking over as obvious as everybody knows the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Our prayers and thoughts are to him now through his fight. Well, yeah. I mean, if you get the vaccine, I mean, it's supposed to kind of lessen the symptoms and lessen your chance. Of, right, but I mean, you know, HIPAA. I, I know. And you don't know. <laughs> but, but you know, listen, it's kind of ironic. You know, you mentioned Reich. And, and last year, it was around this same time that Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson. Yep. tested positive for COVID. And, you know, I'm not sure they ever recovered from that. I mean, you know, obviously he did from the from the from the out the, the disease or whatever you call it, the COVID nineteen. But uh, it just seemed like it really kind of bogged them down with what they wanted to get done. Everything was done on Zoom, and you and you hope that these players, especially these year two guys for Philadelphia with Jalen Rager and Davion Taylor and Jalen Hurts, you know, they actually have some semblance of normalcy in the training camp, but. You know, these these positive tests now are becoming concerning. Um, the Eagles are scheduled to practice Wednesday morning at 10 a.m., and I assume that that's still going to happen. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like for the media. Like you mentioned, we still have not heard from the Eagles, but, you know, they, they're they I'm sure everything changes hourly, so it's difficult to probably for them to kind of pin down, you know, how they're going to approach this. Um, but, yeah, I – you know, I, I was uh, I, I just think that um, getting back to Stephen Nelson, I mean, I think it's a terrific hire. I like the fact that it, it comes, you know, on the eve of training camp open, so to speak, so he can come in uh, and begin to get acclimated in Jonathan Gannon's system. Um, and it's not like he should be that far behind. You wrote a great piece that is posted now on SI.com slash uh, NFL slash Eagles about what exactly Nelson brings. And you mentioned in that piece that he he uh, he shouldn't be far that far behind because it's really a new defense. Everybody, it's only really been put in place this past spring over a three to four week period. So um, Nelson's not that far behind, but the fact that he's here, you know, just prior to camp opening certainly is a, is a good thing as well. You know, John again and, and Nick Sirianni are tasked with so much for first year head coaches. I mean, excuse me, first year coaches. Uh, first-year play callers, to develop such a young nucleus on this team. To ask Jonathan Gannon to fix a cornerback situation in year one is a little unrealistic. You're putting a little too much on a young defensive coordinator's play. This is his first time being a defensive coordinator in the NFL. To bring in Steven Nelson, like I said in a previous podcast episode, it's a Band-Aid. But, you know, sometimes Band-Aids are good things. They stop the bleeding. And when the Eagles, when it comes to cornerback, they haven't been able to stop the bleeding for a decade. So what Steven Nelson really brings to this team is a Band-Aid, but in that being a Band-Aid, being one that's going to fix you know, your wound. Now, eventually, you're going to have to take that Band-Aid off, and that's the one-year contract. Well, behind the scenes, your immune system is supposed to be healing that wound. Now, Jonathan Gannon can put his starters out there, proven starter in Steven Nelson, who's primarily an outside corner throughout his NFL career. You have Darius Slay, who's obviously cornerback one. Now you can go behind the scenes and say, even if, you know, Zach McPherson impresses in training camp and, you know, has some kind of Jalen Mills, Eric Rowe type, push the guy out type of thing with Avante Maddox, you know, because Avante Maddox's cap hit is actually pretty high. In my opinion, it's expendable. Zach McPherson, to me, is the future nickel of this team anyways, if you really want to ask me that, if the real question about what I believe. So you can gradually put him in, even if, even if you put him in the, in the slot in the NFL uh, to start out. 
that's not as challenging as to throw him out there day one as cornerback two you know, on the outside boundary. But you have options, obviously, with Maddox. You can start Maddox there, and you can still groom Zach McPherson uh, in the background. That's what Stephen Nelson allows you to do. Instead of going into it saying, hey, Jalen Mills, I'm going to start you out of the corner on the outside right away. Let's make this work. You know, put you on an island and, you know, let's let your instincts take over, even though, you know, your talent isn't of that nature of being an outside corner. I can't develop you outside of that. That's not how the Eagles are approaching it this time. They're approaching it with proven commodities on the outside while developing the guys in-house. Because, again, it, it's not the end of the world for Michael Jaquette. It's not the end of the world for, you know, Shikari Taylor. It's not the end of the world for Zach McPherson either. So, I, I again, Vontae Max is on a contract year. His cap hits a little rather high. I, I just, it's hard sell on me that he has a long-term future with this team. I, I know everybody's thinking slots where he's supposed to be, slots where he fits. He has never proven himself to play well in the slot. So I don't know where that, that confidence comes from. You know, when he took over in 2018, he played on, on the boundary and he played safety. He never proved anything from the slot. Ever since 2019, he's looked awful in the slot, in my opinion. I'm sorry. I, I like Avante Maddox a lot, but he's been very inconsistent in the slot. So the confidence in him in the slot, I don't I don't more right away give him that crown. The best thing that Steven Nelson brings to this team is they don't have to worry about cornerback one and cornerback two. They can finally focus on the slot position because when you had a dominant slot corner like Patrick Robinson, they kind of propelled you to a Super Bowl winning secondary. Let's see what if we can look, uh, especially look at what Jonathan Gans done with Kenny Moore, Ed. I mean, he turned him into the best nickel in the league. Uh, in Minnesota, years with Jonathan Gannon has been there with Mike Zimmer. They had dominance from the slot, not only their boundary corners, but from the slot as well. Let's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested now that they finally answered the question from cornerback two is Avante Maddox needs to earn this, the nickel position. Or what's it with what we have in, in Zach McPherson? Because I think that's really where he fits and that's where he's going to be, uh, where his NFL career is destined for. Yeah, listen, uh, you know, it might be too early to say that. I, I'm not sure that he can't oh, settle in at the outside, especially when you look at the cap hit that Darius Slay is going to cost this team in 22. So you wonder if maybe they re-sign Nelson and then they still need an outside corner. Maybe he comes in the draft, depending where they pick. There's certainly going to be some good corners in the draft. But, you know, certainly in the short term, um, McPherson could see slot time. One, one name that you didn't mention there that I think you need to keep an eye on is Josiah Scott. I think him oh, and Maddox yes. are probably going to battle to start at slot um, this year. I mean, they brought Scott in late in the offseason. Um, similar skill set to Maddox, but I think there's going to be, you know, when you talk about camp battles, you know, the left tackle always comes to mind. But, you know, that slot cornerback spot now that they have Nelson could be Maddox versus um, uh, Josiah Scott, and 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 it could be McPherson in that mix if you decide to move uh, Maddox to safety, which you know I know he hasn't had a whole body of work there, but he did fill in at one point early in his career. Now he's in his fourth year. Um, McLeod, Rodney McLeod's availability week one is very much up in the air, and it would not surprise me, especially after seeing three, just three practices in the spring they had Maddox running at some safety uh during some drills so to me you could be looking at a camp battle of Scott versus McPherson in the slot with uh, Maddox filling in uh at the free safety and you know that might be his future home you know McLeod you know was 30 in his 30s now and 
um, you know, you could see Maddox maybe finding a home at that safety position, kind of like what the Eagles did with Jalen Mills last year, <clears throat> last year when they moved him the corner to safety, probably a move that should have come maybe a year or two sooner. Um, and I know it's a different staff, but um, I think this team's going to look at Maddox as a safety, not just the slot corner or an outside corner. And you could see Scott and McPherson battle to start at the slot, at least early in the season. Oh, I love it. I can't wait for football to start. Uh, it's back, baby. It's back. <laughs> I mean, it was, even this conversation got me amped because, you know, Josiah Scott, that, that's a good, that was a miss on my part. That's a good thing to point out. I mean, when I wrote about in the wide receiver preview, I hinted, you know, maybe Michael Walker makes his team. You know, this new coaches that brought him in, yeah. that's the same thing for Jos- Josiah Scott. They traded for him. You know, they, they handpicked him. And, and Nick Sirianni, you know, he comes from the AFC South. You know, they played against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He may have some type of insight that we don't know about on Josiah Scott. They might like him for a reason. You know, we'll see. Uh, Jonathan yeah. Gannon's also, as well, coming from Indianapolis, the FC South as well. But uh, I like the Maddox take because you have to see other options with him given he's on a contract here. And his cap hit, again, is you were the first one to put that out. It's like, what, 2.15 million? That's yeah. a little rather high for a guy who hasn't even really proven. I mean, I know people are like, it's $2 million, that's not your money, what are you talking about? But, you know, to me, Maddox is a camp play, a campable player. He's not guaranteed to, to be on this roster. But, uh, again, in 2018, he played very well at safety. Played very well outside corner. But he did play well at safety replacing Maddox. You you may be onto something there. That may be something that we should start looking forward into. And, again, like you, you reported this a couple episodes back, that he did line up at safety at, at uh, the Eagles – camp that was open to the media at the link so yeah. you have to try other options with him i mean especially in a contract year when he hasn't really proven himself at, a, at any other position you have to try multiple options well here, here's the thing with i mean he's in his fourth year now playing cornerback in this league i mean that's a lot of experience and you know we always talk about how it takes a little time for these young cornerbacks to kind of come in and adjust and, and remember maddox was a fourth round pick so you hope that now in the fourth year first of all you hope he can stay healthy um, I think he's going to be on this team, uh, and I think he's going to be more vital at that safety spot. Um, and they're going to let Scott and McPherson battle it out at the slot. You know, Maddox will see time there as well, and I think Maddox will see time on the outside. But, you know, he's he's versatile enough to keep on this roster, uh, mm-hmm. at least for this final season, and then see what happens, uh, you know, next year. If you want to re-sign him, great. Um, but I think he's a very versatile piece in this Gannon-led defense. And it's not just Gannon that's going to work with the, the cornerbacks. Yeah, he has the history. But, you know, Denard Wilson has has played corner in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's going to be a very valuable part to putting this uh, cornerback room together, the safety room together. I mean, the, Gannon's going to lean on him too. So, you know, it's not just Gannon. It's Denard Wilson. And I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to, to watching the defense. I just hope, first of all, that we're allowed to get into practice. And second of all, that the defense uh, lines up a little bit, a little closer to where we can view it instead of all the way on the opposite end of the, of the field. So, cause I really want to watch these cornerbacks play in, in live situations. To, to be fair to Maddox, that scheme that he was in was not friendly to him. I mean, it's hard for a young corner to come to this league, especially from the ACC and develop into a Jim sports type scheme for a corner to be on an Island. So, as I, as we, as you know, I've said, John McMullen has said on Sports Illustrated's website, as you have said as well, this scheme is going to be way more corner friendly. I think we yeah. look at these guys and we we hold the past against them. You know, when you talk about Michael Jaquette online, nobody can get past that Dallas game. When you talk about Vontae Maddox, everybody talks about how we he gets burned all the time. You know, 
we have to take their past transgressions and not use them against them in a new defense. This is going to be a new scheme. You know, these guys are going to play to these players' strengths. They're going to, you know, coach their scheme to their strengths is what I'm saying. So I'm going to give them a chance. But at the same time, I they really like Zachary Fearson. They really do like yeah. him. So yeah. I, I don't I know that, you know, bringing Steven Nelson in, you know, signals to everybody that, you know, he can develop in the wings. But I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I don't I don't think. Steven Nelson is going to prohibit McPherson from getting on the field. We'll see. But uh, well, I believe Smith- they had a third round. I think they had a third round grade on McPherson and how he talked yeah, yeah. about it when they got into the fourth round and he was still there. They had thought about trying to trade up to get him uh, earlier uh, in, in the fourth round and, and they didn't do it for whatever reason. So I know they had a higher grade on him than where they ended up picking him. So yeah, they're definitely high on McPherson. And I think he's going to have some sort of role, you know, maybe not early on in this season, but I think as the season goes along, you know, he's going to be, you know, he's going to get his share of snaps. I agree. It's going to be hard to keep him on the bench. Yeah. But I, I am, uh, I mean, like we've said multiple times, I'm excited to see what Jonathan Gann does with these guys. I'm excited to see the secondary. For can you imagine saying that? I I can't believe this came out of my mouth. I'm excited to see this Eagles secondary. <laughs> that's that's crazy. You know, Anthony Harris is a phenomenal player, and he's back in it with a coach that really knows his strengths very well. He's had past uh, history with him. You know, Rodney Cloud. Even when he does get back, I think the system fits him way more. He's not going to have to be that guy anymore as the center fielder. He has Anthony Harris playing alongside of him. You know, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Darius Slay, you know, if you're Darius Slay and you watch what Xavier Rose did last year, returning to form, you got to think to yourself, oh, I can do that. If this coach can get that out of me, I can do that. How can you not be excited? You know, Steven Nelson, like I said in the last episode, wasn't a star on the Kansas City Chiefs, but Mike Tomlin, you know, brought him into Pittsburgh and they unlocked something there. You know, he's yeah. not a, a great player, but he's a deserved starter in the NFL. He's definitely capable of being a starter in the NFL. And, like, uh, again, shout out to the deputy editor of All Steelers, Noah Streckman, uh, for giving me the insight on Steven Nelson because he said himself, you know, this is the ideal cornerback, too. You don't want him to be your one, but he's the ideal, too. And with Darius Slay there, it's a perfect fit. So I, I'm excited to see the secondary for once. And just I, I still can't get over myself saying that out loud. <laughs> It's amazing how things can change that quickly. You know, when you bring in just one player this late in the process. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that's just the defense, man. You know, it, when Jim Schwartz was here, you already knew the, I mean, again, I don't think the front seven is going to change much even with Jonathan Gannon here because the talent's there. You know, you, you can't stop. You can't hide talent. So talent's on defensive line. I don't, I, it really didn't matter to me who the defense coordinator was. That defensive line was extremely, that front seven was extremely successful. Billy Davis, and he had no business being the defensive coordinator. So I'm not worried about the front seven per se, but uh, with Jim Swartz, you know, you knew you're living, you're just going to play every down and hope that you survive it, survive the last one, because he's playing the sticks on fourth down. He's he's leaving guys on islands. You know, you knew going into each game you were getting burnt. Yeah. I think that feeling is going to change this season. I think the pass defense is going to be noticeably better. I think having covered safeties like Anthony Harris or Ronnie McLeod giving the corner support is going to open up so many doors for this pass rush. This pass rush might be even better than it's ever been before because the corners aren't getting burnt right away and they're not going to be alienated by the quick passing game, especially because they're going to be practicing against that as well, too. That's the one thing about this offense that excites me about this new offense is it's going to be nothing but the quick passing game. They're finally going to practice against that. So yeah. uh, I'm excited, you know, I'm excited for the secondary. It's a, it's a great thing. But Ed, 
this is Sean Watson rumors will not die. You know, the report out today is that he's reporting to the Texans, as we all know. The legal situation is still up in the air. I'd rather not discuss it on the podcast. I, I think everything accused against him is, you know, foul. And I'd rather just not discuss it on a podcast. But that's another discussion for another day if he becomes a Philadelphia Eagle. Because if not, I'm not even going to waste my time discussing it. It's just not to be talked about. But if he's cleared by the NFL and he's able to play and this this legal situation goes away, here's my here's my stance on this. Here's my stance on this. You got to think of it from, you got to put yourself in Harry Roseman's shoes. Like I said in the quarterback preview article uh, for SI.com slash NFL slash Eagles, if you, don't, if you aren't aware, Ed, John McMullen, and myself have been doing training camp previews for each position. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn here because I've read Ed's and John's as well. And it's just phenomenal information about guys that, you know, I'm not trying to bash other beat writers or anything, but I feel like aren't being focused on in other outlets. So if you want to go and read some information about, you know, Lori even Clark, go read John McMullen's offensive line uh, training camp preview because there's just so many, it's so much info in each and every one of ours that like we could tell how hard we all worked. So definitely go check those guys, check those out. But as I mentioned in the quarterback preview article, at some point in the evaluation process of the quarterback, Howie Roseman and, and the front office, because it wasn't just Howie, you, Howie. You know, everybody likes to blame Howie and everything, but it's a collaboration. You know, he has people in his ear that are agreeing with him. They're making them feel the way he does. If he just felt one way by himself, he's not going to go that route. He needs reassurance. That's always what he's been. So there's somebody, there's people in his ear that are agreeing with him. So somewhere along the process of the Jalen Hurts evaluation, starting back at the Senior Bowl, they came to the conclusion that Jalen Hurts is special. Now, when he cited the Russell Wilson miss. I think the misconception form that he's comparing Jalen Hurst to Russell Wilson as in terms of skill set. And that's not the case. That, that, that's not what he was doing. He was comparing the situation of we missed out on a special quarterback before and we knew he was special. We knew it. We knew it. We knew it. And we missed out on him. And I felt the same exact way when Jalen Hurts was available at pick 53. And I was not going to miss again. Why would you not want to give that feeling a chance when they were correct about Russell Wilson before really anybody in the NFL was? Because when Russell Wilson was picked by the Seattle Seahawks, it was like, okay, but Matt Flynn's the starter. You know, nobody thought Russell Wilson was going to be what Russell Wilson was. It ended up being back in 2012. That wasn't a thing. That was not a thing. Trust me. I know it for a fact. That was He was not well thought of. Nobody thought he was going to succeed. If the Eagles thought that way, because I know Andy Reid thought that way, but... It wasn't just Andy Reid. If Harry Roseman had that on his mind when Jalen Hurts is on the board, I'm sorry. I want to see what, why you think that way because you're right. And to be honest with you, many, many people are going to disagree with this comment. The Eagles evaluate the quarterback position extremely well. They do. They do evaluate it extremely well. Kevin Cobb might not have worked out, but they maximize value on his potential, even though he didn't work out. They they knew there was something more to Michael Vick that they can unlock. Worked out. They knew something to Donovan McNabb when there was multiple quarterbacks on the board. They knew something to Carson Wentz. 
They knew something to Nick Foles at some point to extent too, because they picked him over Kirk Cousins, and I know Kirk Cousins has proven to be a better quarterback talent wise, but they knew to put what it took to put Nick Foles in a position to win a Super Bowl. So this team knows quarterback. Why should I doubt them knowing something about Jalen Hurts that we don't know? You know, we didn't know that about Russell Wilson at the time, and we don't know that about Jalen Hurts right now. There could be something special there. There could be a long-term franchise quarterback there. And to quickly dismiss it off of four games, whether if you liked what you saw or you didn't, that's foolish to me. But in the same sense, you have to put yourself in high Roseman's shoes. Deshaun Watson is a top five caliber quarterback. Your job security isn't that secure. You shouldn't feel that it's that secured. Are you betting your your career with the Philadelphia Eagles? Because everybody's going to be like, "Well, they're not going to Jeffrey or whatever fire him." I don't. I don't think that's the case anymore. I I think it's going to be year by year evaluation of let's see how we progress, and I think how he's finally going to be held accountable for how they progress. Would you rather? Take the sure thing into Sean Watson, because if you get the Sean Watson, you're probably going to be a playoff contender year in and year out, especially in this division. Or are you going to bank on the Jalen Hurts' potential of what you believe what he is, even though your other draft evaluations have foundered it at other positions? I, I don't know what I'm doing if I'm Howie there. You know, I, I if I'm Howie, I'm I, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to take the sure thing and I think I'm going to ride him and be successful with him. That's where I think they the the misconception is because I believe that they are interested in Shaw Watson, the player. They are not interested in that situation that he's in at all, though. Because here's what, and I want I, when we have guests on this show, I never want to really be combative against them or go against what their opinions are. I, I want them to speak free will and and feel you know comfortable to speak here. We are the episode, but. I did disagree in a sense with what John was saying towards the fact that they would do, do whatever it takes for Deshaun Watson because Michael Vick paid a penance before the Eagles brought him in. Deshaun Watson has been accused of twenty two by 22 women of very similar, you know, allegations. Very similar. There has to be a penance paid before the Eagles are in on Deshaun Watson. And they're not in on him on three first-round picks and a, and a player. I'll tell you that right now. Not happening. No way. No way Harry Roseman gives up that much. Not the type of guy that gives up that much in a trade. Especially with the situation that he's in right now. It's so up in the air. But there has to be a penance that's paid that's noticeable that he can be forgiven to play for the Philadelphia Eagles just like Michael Vick did. It, yes, Jeffrey Lurie is all for second chances, but you have to earn that second chance before you can play for his team. And Deshaun Watson, regardless of how the situation unfolds, and I'm sorry for the people out there that think, you know, allegations don't mean the man is guilty. I I understand your stance, but at the same time, 22 women with very similar allegations. Regardless, there has to be some type of penance paid before he can come play for the Philadelphia Eagles. And there's no way that that happens before week one of the 2021 season. It's just no, not enough time. So full steam ahead with Jalen Hurts. They have enough time to see what they have in him. They also do have the assets to acquire Deshaun Watson. And before they can acquire Deshaun Watson, the penance has to be paid. Yeah. Uh, you know, listen, another thing about Deshaun Watson is that the Eagles really can't afford him at this stage oh, of yeah, the ballgame. Yeah. Um, he doesn't fit under that $35 million. That's what his cap hit is. And he doesn't fit in what the Eagles have to spend. They're down to about $3 million or less uh, against the salary cap right now. They're absorbing a huge hit for Carson Wentz. So, 
Uh, they can't afford to trade for him from a financial perspective. But things in Houston have changed. Um, I, you know, I think myself and many others expected Deshaun Watson to start the year on Roger Goodell's exempt list, um, giving the Texans more time and, and Watson himself more time to um, battle these civil lawsuits in court. Um, try to get rid of them or whatever, you know, whatever, or try to, like you say, pay some penance uh, over the course of half a year or a year, whatever, however long he would have spent on the exempt list. But uh, Goodell decided to force, I guess, Houston's hand and not put him on the exempt list. So Deshaun Watson has reported to the Houston Texans training camp. And, uh, you know, I don't know Deshaun Watson well enough to say he'll be a distraction or he won't be a distraction, but his stance remains the same as he wants to be traded. Uh, and now that he's in camp, you wonder if the Texans just don't want to deal with uh, that sort of a player inside a locker room for a first-year head coach and David Culley, who isn't happy, um, who probably won't start uh, week one, but he may be on the team, which is awfully strange uh, to say that. Um I think if he's on the team, you almost have to start him. But anyway, things have changed. Now Now he's in camp. He's an active member of the roster. The Texans, I'm sure, want to trade him to get rid of the, the distraction that this could cause. But yet they're still asking. Their asking price is exorbitant. Three first-round yeah. picks, players, et cetera. I just don't see who's going to part with that kind of capital for a player that still has to uh, wind his way through the court system, you know, with these allegations, um, not knowing what could come of them. I, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how much leverage Houston has. So, you know, if you're Howie and you're looking at this and you're thinking, well, you know, geez, we could we could get, you know, one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. And I would say Watson probably is in that top 10, maybe top 12 range. Phen- phenomenal season last year on a very bad team. He's top uh, 10. Yeah, I, I think he's top five, to be honest with you, but he's top 10 for sure. Yeah, so, so if you're Howie and you think, well, you know, I'll call Houston and I'll say, look, you know, we're not giving up that much for a player there, where there's a lot of uncertainty. But if you could get him, I mean, I would think Jalen Hurts would probably be in the deal. Um, you're probably going to have to throw a big salary that down there, too. And you just don't see trades like that, like Fletcher Cox, for instance. You know, if you trade him, then you have money maybe to fit the Sean under the cap or you're a little closer to doing that. But um, you just don't see trades like that in the NFL. But if the if the Eagles or any other team could get him for pennies on the dollar, so to speak, then Deshaun Watson could be dealt in August. There are other teams that could be in play here. Carolina, for sure. You know, they're not married to, uh, uh, you know, the, the Jets quarterback. Sam they got Sam yeah. Darnold. You know, the, the Dolphins with two football team. Dolphins, yeah. yeah. It's not just going to be the Eagles. Right. I mean, you know, there's there are teams out there that – could be in play, but if I'm Howie, no, I'm not making this deal with all the this uncertainty surrounding him unless you can get him cheap. And I'm not sure the Eagles can afford him unless they throw in a big contract. And like I said, you don't you don't see this isn't the NBA where you have to trade contract for contract, but you kind of do in this case because the Eagles don't have the money to put uh, put them on their payroll. Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
there's no way it happens. And I, I don't think he gets traded this season. I, mm-hmm. I really don't. There's just too much up in the air. Because if this, if let's let's say this this criminal case does carry on, that's going to carry on for months. That's not going to be something that just gets swept under the rug. And yeah. if he's have has a criminal case against him that's scheduled, how do you, there's no way Roger Goodell lets him play in the NFL? There's no way. There's absolutely no way. So he's going to go on the commissioner's exempt list. It's just there's so much uncertainty at that right now. There's no reason to make a rash decision on Goodell's part. And there's no reason for the Eagles to make a rash decision. There's no reason for any team to try and acquire him and make a rash decision because you just don't know. And you don't acquire something that you don't know about. That's, yeah. Especially with the price of the – because either way, even they're not going to get what they're asking for. I'll tell you that right now. But they're going to get a lot. I mean, the Carson Wentz trade is the, at least the starting point, the first and the third, the conditional yeah, I would assume because you don't really know what's going to go on with Deshaun Watson. Right. But not only that, Ed. Let's take all this out of the equation because, again, uh, I'm I'm Catholic. I I firmly believe only God can judge a person. I I just don't. I'm not there in the Deshaun Watson situation. I from reading all about it, Sports Illustrated did a great report on it. It it just seems damning to me. But again, that's it. I I, I can't judge the situation. I wasn't there. I don't know. I'll I'll leave it to God and a higher power. But. Carson Wentz, when things went south, demanded a trade. I'm not saying the Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz situations are similar because I think they're I, I, they're different. They are different. There's there's sim there's similarities to them, but there's a there's main differences. Is you know, Deshaun's not running away from competition. He doesn't believe in the organization at all. Carson Wentz. I mean, I don't want to say he's running away from competition, but he doesn't believe in the general manager at all. But I think Deshaun Watson, with how Houston has ran the organization over the last decade or so, has a better case than Carson Wentz did when the Eagles won a Super Bowl a couple years prior. But again, the first sign of trouble in Philadelphia with Deshaun Watson, he might want to bail. You know, the first sign of him not liking how things are going in Houston after he's inked a huge exception too, he's bailing. He's I'm out because this is way before. Forget the allegations for a second because this has been going on before the allegations started. He said, "I don't like how this is going. You guys don't know how to run this organization. You didn't even come to me to ask about who we're going to hire as head coach." I'm out. I'm done. I'm out. You guys don't know what you're doing here. I'm out. I want to continue my NFL career in a winning organization. The second that that could happen with the because that could happen with the Eagles. You know, he can come to Philadelphia and things might not work out regardless of how talented he is. You know, we've seen Tom. To, I mean, we've just seen it happen. If it doesn't work out, he's going to ask for a trade. He'll ask for a trade, and then look at the Eagles. They gave up all this capital to get him. They're not going to get as much back because, again, he's this is the second time he's doing this. That's going to probably hinder what teams are interested in him, knowing that he's a you know a situation guy where he's either in or he's out. You have to weigh that too, Ed. You have to put that in the in the factor. And you know, Jalen Hurts is through thick and thin. Looks like he's going to be your guy. You didn't draft to be your starter, and he earned that 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 role so far with this team. I don't know. That's that has to be something you take into consideration when you make this deal. If we trade for Deshaun Watson, how do we make him happy for the next ten years? Because we weren't able to make our past quarterback happy, and and that even includes winning a Super Bowl. You know, the Eagles won a Super Bowl with Wentz here, but um, yeah, I mean, certainly it's a concern, and you hate to have a quarterback. And I, you know, I'm not sure, and I don't know Deshaun Watson. You know, is he going to be that kind of guy that wants to all of a sudden become this journeyman quarterback back and forth? 
unhappy with the situation, willing to give up. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what kind of person right. and he I, is. And I'm not, it's a possibility. I'm not saying yeah. he is that way because I can, I can tell you right now, he has every right to warn out of Houston. Yeah. Every right. Every right. The owner, I, as owner has questions of being racist, you know, they traded John DeAndre Hawkins for pennies on the dollar. The Javadian Clowney trade did nothing for them to boost uh, the organization going forward. They gave Bill O'Brien way too much power. It, it's he has a right, and he might not even like the guy they brought in from the Patriots, Nick Cicero. He has a right to feel the way he does, and they're not even they didn't even go to him to ask him who they think they should hire for the head coach. So I think he, he has a right to one out of Houston more than I just believe this. I'm sorry. I know people are going to disagree, but I think he had more of a right to ask out than Carson Wentz did. I just do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and again, I just think it comes down to dollars and cents. The Eagles can't afford him right. at this point in time, but now all of a sudden things have changed in Houston. He's not only exemplist, he's a member of the roster. What's he going to be like in a locker room, whatever a locker room looks like these days? Um, is that going to be a distraction? Is he going to be, if he's on the roster, uh, is he going to start? I mean, is he going to be their day one starter? Are they just going to, you know, put him on a pup list of some kind? Or uh, it's just a really weird thing. And I think that there's probably going to be something done here. I I, I really do. I'm not saying with the Eagles, but um, I, I think he's probably going to be traded at some point this August. I do. I just, and I don't think it'll be the Eagles, and I don't think the Texans will get what they're asking. And that could be the reason why he gets dealt is because I think they're going to have to settle. I mean, look at the Eagles got for Carson Wentz. I mean, I thought they did a pretty good job getting a conditional second round pick. Very good job. From the Colts. And they got a third round pick from the Colts, too, in this past draft. I mean, I, I thought that was pretty good compensation. Um, if, if you can get him for a first round pick next year and you're the Eagles and you have possibly three, you know, you, know, you have to look at it. Uh, for sure. But again, they can't afford them right now. They just can't afford them without having to restructure contracts, uh, maybe cut some players at, at high salary, and then you're weakening other parts of your roster. So to the Eagles, it makes more sense to me to stay away from the Watson market. Maybe he's still on the team in 2022 and they trade for him then. Um, but I wouldn't throw everything into one basket here with a month to go before the season starts, really, a little more than a month. You have Jalen Hurts, you have Joe Flacco, you have Nick Mullins, you're sort of set there at quarterback. And then if Watson is traded and it's not to Philadelphia, you know, we'll see what Aaron Rodgers' situation is. You know, there's rumors <laughs> that he's going to retire this week. I mean, who who the heck knows? And then at worst case scenario, you're, you're going to trade up into the into the first round and grab one of these other quarterbacks. Maybe the class isn't as strong, but we haven't seen the college football season yet. We don't know much about these guys that are projected to be first round picks coming out at the end of this college season. So at worst case, the Eagles can still draft somebody. You have a controllable quarterback for cheap. You don't have to worry about busting your, your salary cap budget on a big name quarterback. You can bring someone in, develop him. Sirianni has the track record of working with multiple quarterbacks throughout the years. Um, and then you can start building up other pieces of your roster while you're paying uh, your, your quarterback on, on the rookie way, uh, pay scale. So, you know, I kind of like that approach. I, you know, the Eagles won a Super Bowl with that approach. Carson Wentz was in his second year, rookie pay scale. Uh, they were able to bolster other parts of the roster. Uh, so, you know, I wouldn't do it if I'm Howie in August. If the Sean Watson is still on a trade market when 2022 rolls around and the Eagles didn't have the kind of season they had hoped for, uh, Jalen Hurts didn't have the kind of season that they hoped for, then then maybe I would investigate it. 
a little bit further. But at that point, it's probably going to cost you more because the these civil cases will have wound, wound their way, I would presume, through the court system. Um, so it'll probably cost you more, but it might be worth it if, if the Eagles choose to go that way in 2022. I would not do it now in August of 2021. Uh, that's what I believe what would happen if the Eagles were to be in, the, in on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I fully believe that as well. Ed, let's just you know forget that you haven't got your credentials yet because of how everything's going with the, the COVID and the Eagles. What's you're gonna you're gonna get them obviously in the matter of days. What are your first couple things that you're looking for going into training camp? Well, we already talked about the cornerbacks. Certainly, yeah, the cornerbacks so let's, not, let's be, not get into that. We already discussed yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, else? yeah. But that's that's certainly something that even if they're working on the far field, I'll have my binoculars with me to uh, kind of scope it out. But um, certainly, the left tackle battle, right between Milada and Dillard, uh, that's going to be at the forefront. We're going to watch that. Da- I'm going to watch Dallas Goddard. Uh, you know, see how he's adjusting uh, in this new offense. Excuse me, and uh, of course, Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager. What's going to be the chemistry that these three are going to develop throughout these uh, you know days and weeks of camp leading up even to the first preseason game on August 12th against the Steelers? I mean, I can't wait for that. Uh, you know, you have the two weeks and then you have the preseason game and then the Patriots come to town to practice leading up to their, uh, you know, to their second game. But, you know, Hertz is probably at the top of the list that I'll be looking at for sure. How's he looking? How consistent is he with his throws? What's his mechanics look like? How involved is he with Brian Johnson? You know, the QB coach who goes way back with the Hertz family, longtime family friend. I'll, I'll certainly be watching the chemistry with Smith and Rager and even Fulgham, that whole receiver group. I'll be watching Dallas Goddard for sure, seeing how he's settling into being tight end number one this year. Um, and if Zach Ertz is still on this roster, you, you got to pay attention to what his body language looks like out yeah. there on the field. Um, and it looks like he will be at practice. Yeah. So what, what's that body language going to look like? Uh, but there are so many storylines, and usually there are, but it just feels like this year, this camp, there's just a hundred more different <laughs> things to watch out for. Uh, the, the whole young coaching staff, you know, how how are they going to be? Is Nick Sirianni going to be kind of like what he was in the spring, running around from position to position, uh, watching, observing, something we didn't see from Doug. Doug didn't run all over the place to spend time with any of the position groups stuck with the quarterbacks and, you know, Sirianni will do that for sure. But is he going to be, how involved is he going to be with, you know, the defensive side of the ball? Is he going to stop by the cornerback drills or the, you know, the defensive tackle drills or the offensive line drills? I mean, is he going to be that involved? Um, There's just so many things, you know, that, you know, John McMullen and myself will will be there and, you know, we're going to have four eyes looking all over the place because there's a lot of places to look. You know, I don't know where Howard Heskin got the information on Zach Ertz from. I mean, we all—it wasn't a surprise that he's reporting. You know, you're going to lose 40k a day. No, not going to happen. But and not only that, don't cause a distraction. You know, if you this new team that's looking to acquire you uh, wants to make sure that you're, you know, committed. The best way to show you're committed is to show up. So I don't, I don't, I think it's still a matter of when, not if. Zach Gertz is treated. Yeah. And, and the value has to the value has to match with how he to feel comfortable enough to do it. But you know, there came a time and and they, I hate to compare the situation because there aren't the what the trade compensation is going to be for Zach Gertz is gonna be nowhere close. But there came a time where they finally in 2016 where they and they waited a 
week before week one to do this. But there came a time when they finally said to themselves, and again, it took Teddy Bridgewater's injury to happen. First, how to play the anticipation game of somebody getting injured is it would be wrong. But at the same sense, there's so many tight end needy teams in the NFL. One of these teams, the Tennessee Titans, who's trying to compete for a Super Bowl with going all out for Julio Jones. They desperately need a tight end after losing John New Smith. Green Bay, if this really is the last dance with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and, and some other key members of the roster, why not go out and get Zach Ertz who try to acquire the trade deadline? The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to want to give Trevor Lawrence a security blanket. Why not go out and get Zach Ertz? There's so many teams that could still acquire him. It's the value has to be matched for High Roseman to make the move. And at some point, the value is he's going to say, this is it. We have to do it. And it's going to become sooner rather than later, especially with trying to get Landon Dickerson under contract and with the small amount of cap space they already have, especially bringing in Steven Nelson now that he counts towards the cap. Uh, the, it's still a matter of when, not if, was that great, in my opinion. But one thing I really have my eyes on that you didn't mention, obviously, because I don't want to go over everything you just said, I want to see how these linebackers are deployed. Mm-hmm. And I want to see who they're choosing to deploy. Obviously, Eric Wilson's going to start the favorite who should start alongside him is Alex Singleton. But I mean, wasn't why not Davion Taylor? Let's see what you got in Davion Taylor. He kind of fits more what this scheme's going to be asking of his linebackers to cover sideline to sideline to be uh cover so much range on the field. And Dave, that's what Davion Taylor is drafted for. You know, Sean Bradley, he showed a lot of good linebacking instincts last year. Let's see what I just want to see how the linebackers are deployed. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in that. I'm interested to see where because when I talked to Kevin Mollis, he said. Denard Wilson told him he's going to be in the box, do a lot of stuff that he did at Clemson. I'm going to just see, let's see that. I want to see that. Uh, that'd be great for him. You know, he, he would thrive in that role. I think, honestly, he was a third round talent that the Eagles got late in the fourth. They, they stole him. So let's see what they got in Kayvon Wallace, especially from, you know, I, I wrote about it when Jonathan Gannon was with Indianapolis and Matt Uberfuss. They're running the two safeties, uh, two safeties deep covering, and then the one safety in the box. And that was Kyrie Willis, and he was thriving in that role. And I want to see Kayvon Wallace do so because I think he could be even better in that position. So I want to see that. I want to see if Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell are going to be on the field at the same time because a lot of Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines last year on the field at the same time, and it confuses a lot of defenses. Uh, you don't know what running back's going to hit you, and two talented guys like those guys, uh, the one in the pass catching back and the other one that's going to be your inside your zone back, uh, I, I want to see that as well. And where are you going to put these receivers? Where are you going to line them up? You know, you're going to shift them all around. It's going to be a little bit different than whatever whatever has been before. But I want to see, like, are you going to, are you going to put Devontae in the slot at sort of certain times in the field and where where so when you're doing so? Uh, in the red zone, why not put Fulgham in the slot? Are we going to see him there for red zone opportunities? I want to see what you're doing with these receivers. And obviously, we want to see Jalen Hurts. But uh, I'm interested to see that. And I want to see what Ryan Kerrigan does. Yes. Where are you, where are you going to put him? How He's going to be your Swiss Army knife on the defense, but where are you going to line him up to do so? I want to see that. Uh so I'm very intrigued with, again, so many storylines, but the, mostly this defense. I want to see what this defensive scheme looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and Milton Williams, you know, how big a role is yeah. he going to play at defensive tackle? I mean, like I said, there's just so many things to pay attention to. And you wonder how much, 
you know, the Eagles are going to show during camp. I mean, we're technically allowed to be at every practice for its entirety, whereas in the spring we were only there for the first, you know, 20 minutes during the, you know, individual drills. They didn't have any team drills, no 7-on-7, 11-on-11. Um, but it'll be interesting. You know, we don't know how much Nick Sirianni and his staff are going to show and how often they're going to show it. Will they line Ryan Kerrigan up over center, you know, and either back him off or bring him through one of those gaps up front? Will he line up on as an outside linebacker at times or on, you know, in a three-point stance on a, on a, on a defensive end? I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things to look for. How much of it Nick Sirianni is going to show? We don't know. He's a new head coach. You know, because, you know, me and, you know, two dozen others are going to be sitting there tweeting like crazy, uh, you know, whatever's going on uh, with what they're showing. Uh, you know, we're not allowed to do like the trick plays and stuff. At least we weren't last year with Doug when, you know, they showed different plays that they had put in that they were going to run, you know, the halfback reverse throw, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh So we can't tweet that, but, we, we, you know, we can tweet, hey, Ryan Kerrigan lined up over center today you know, in the goal line drills or in third and longs, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, Kenny Gainwell and Miles Sanders were on the field together. They were using two back sets, which wouldn't that be interesting? We saw Doug do that with uh, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders when they went to Buffalo. They had a lot of two back sets, and, you know, that was pretty effective. Howard was blocking for Sanders. So, you know, will we see two running backs in the backfield at once with two wide receivers and a tight end? Um, you know, how multiple will this offense look? I think this offense can be pretty good when you look at the weapons, when you look at the offensive line, if it's able to stay healthy. A lot of people don't think it will because of the age, um, but it has to stay healthy. Uh, but I think this offense is going to be pretty good. Um, it's going to be able to score points, even with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I think especially with Hurts. I mean, I, are, are they going to run him, uh, you know, on design plays? How much are they going to do that? Because to me, he's he's like a running back playing quarterback. I mean, he's got that size that you can run him. He's got durability. Um, all those things, you know, are going to be paid attention to. And I, and I can't wait for it to start uh, Wednesday morning, 10 a.m., first practice, and then Nick Sirianni will talk after that. Um, at least that's the plan right now, 48 hours out. Who knows how much the, these positive COVID tests will change that. I hope not at all. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm amped, man. I can't wait for it to start. I can't wait to get the answer to some of these questions. I'll do a little hot take down the episode. If Lane Johnson st- stays healthy this season, the offensive line doesn't fall apart. I mean, Jason Kelsey has to be in that equation as well. But I know Jack Driscoll is a good player. But the talent differential from Lane Johnson to Jack, Jack Driscoll is noticeable, and it can make or break the offensive line. Mm-hmm. If Lane John, they don't. Honestly, I love Brandon Brooks, top three guard in the NFL. Nate Herbig can do the job just fine because I think he's the eventual starter at right guard, anyways. Yeah. So, if long as Lane Johnson withstands this season and at least plays fifteen games, fourteen bare minimum, this offensive line will will be cohesive and a good unit still. I'm not worried about the offensive line as long, but again, it hinders only Johnson's health, and that's been an issue. Yeah, that's my hot take. I, there's no way that this offensive line falls apart as long as Lane Johnson's standing up there and plays that right tackle each week in and week out. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, I'll do, a, I'll do a hot take and yeah. end it with saying Josiah Scott's going to start in the slot this year, uh, starting out the year, and Avante Maddox will be back at free safety. That's my hot take. You know, I thought it was funny. I didn't get that much slack for it. Uh, Regardless of many people read it or not, I don't know. But the wide receiver preview, I had Michael Walker making the team over John Hightower, and I think people would lose their shit if that happened. But again, you know, 
they need they need a, to identify a returner. They need to, and he needs to be on this roster. And most of the times, the returners aren't going to be guys you start or going to be you know main key contributors on this team. They need to finally identify a returner. And Michael Walker has you know a really great Boston College resume that he's coming into Philadelphia with. That yeah. not that many other than Joe and Rager, and you know. I think Josiah Scott has returning ability too, as well. Am I, if I'm not mistaken? But yeah. other than Jalen Rager, there's not that much competition in the return department. So no, Greg, Michael Greg Walker Ward did it last year. I mean, yeah, very I don't, you don't want to see Greg that. Ward do that again. No, no. But if Michael Walker, you know, plays well in the preseason as a returner, he 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 may force his hand on this team. And the only reason why right. I had him making it over John Hightower is John Hightower's skill set is very tradable. I think he fits more of what they liked in Carson once, and that was the reason why you saw more of the shift from John Hightower to Quez Watkins when Jalen Hurts was inserted. Yeah, I think John you Hightower, were, you can get a good draft pick. You can get a fourth back from he. Uh, he you can I get something know. for it because he's a, he's a, he's a deep threat. He's a he's a one trick pony. But I mean, you trade for speed. You want a separator at a receiver position. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't think you can get anything for him. I think he'll, he would just get cut, and someone would grab him. Either off way, and that's a possibility as well. Yeah, but I, I just you know these bottom of the end, bottom of, of the roster guys, and especially at the receiver position, you want to see some special teams ability from them. And Hightower and Watkins, neither of them played special teams. Walker at least gives you something in the return game. So yeah, I like that uh, that speculation in your wide receiver preview. That yeah, Michael Walker's got a real legitimate shot to make this team, especially because he was brought in by the new staff when the new staff was here. As they saw what they had, and they felt they needed more, and that's and what they did. They did they Scott. And ditto for Josiah Scott. So exactly, so these hot takes might not be that bad of a hot takes at the end of the season. At the end yeah. of the preseason, we'll see. All right, yeah. guys, thanks for tuning in again. Eagles Unfiltered, presented by Believe Podcast Network. Again, empowered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Check out the website si.com/nfl/eagles for all your training camp updates. Ed, you can subscribe right now, can you? On our site for yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't put any premium content up there yet, but yeah, you can subscribe, uh, and you know it comes with uh, you know some some goodies. You get the magazine uh, delivered to your home, but no, I haven't put any premium content up there. I haven't put any subscriptions on the site. Probably something I'll start toying with a little bit more, uh, you know, once we start rolling here into training camp. But uh, but right now, all the content's free. Everything's out there for anybody to read. So you know, it'd be great if everybody could check it out. We greatly appreciate it, and and thanks for listening. Yeah, maybe we can look into rolling some kind of podcast type thing out there for the fans that want to, you know, speak to us or join the shows uh, for questions and stuff. We can, you know, we'll fill that in. But thank you guys again for tuning in. We'll be back soon. Again, the training camp coverage is underway. Eagles Unfiltered is, you know, officially fully back on that 24-7 grind. So we'll see you guys soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.